Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to talk about our favorite child actors. Mostly, I mean, I want to say between the ages of, let's say, 6 and maybe 15. So yeah, they do veer into teenage age, but for the most part, they should be technically children. And I realize a teenager can be technically defined as a child, but we wanted to do the really young actors, the ones that made an impression, and maybe they weren't in a ton of movies, and it's possible they grew up into, um, you know, being adult actors (laughs) so when you say adult actor today they think of different things but no when they became adults they were still actors doesn't necessarily mean well just go on the internet you can tell what the opposite meaning is in any case we're going to come up with our top whatever of our favorite kid actors and i'm going to start with my top 10 now all right number 10 is river phoenix now he was in a, a bunch of great movies in the 80s uh most notably stand by me Explorers, which is incredibly underrated. It's like an early sci-fi movie, a little bit of E.T. in it, but a little bit more silly, but very well done. Uh, Ethan Hawke is in that as a kid as well. Of course, he's in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where he plays a young Indiana and gets you find out the origin of why Indiana Jones hates snakes. He's also in a great movie with Sidney Poitier called Little Nikita, and a really fun early tech movie like about hackers with Robert Redford called Sneakers. Sidney Poitier is in that as well. So it's tragic because he ended up dying, I believe it, he was 21 or 22, at Johnny Depp's club. I believe it was called the Viper Room. And they had an overdose. And sadly, we lost the talents of him where we don't know how good he could have been. Number nine is Tommy Kirk. Now, you might be like, who is that? Now, My parents' generation definitely knows Tommy Kirk because he was in all of those classic early Disney movies from the 50s and the 60s. For example, he was in the original Shaggy Dog. He was in Old Yeller. He was in The Swiss Family Robinson, The Absent-Minded Professor, The Misadventure of Merlin Jones, which he would star in with Annette Funicello, who was part of the Mickey Mouse Club at the time. See, you might also get him confused with Kevin Corcoran, who was, God, what was his name? Moochie. His name was Moochie (laughs) in the Shaggy Dog. And of course, Tommy Kirk is the one that turns into the Shaggy Dog. And I think he had Annette Funicello's in that one as well. In any case, uh, great Disney actor. Really didn't do much after the Disney movies, but he was in a lot. I mean, he was in a lot of those movies. And if you go back and watch those classic films, he's in a lot of them. Number eight is Henry Thomas. Now, Technically, he's really on this list because he was amazing as Elliot and E.T. He really didn't do much after that as a kid, but just for the... E.T. is an absolute modern classic, and I don't think many kids could have played it better than Henry Thomas did as Elliot. And, of course, he was in one of my also favorite movies that a lot of people haven't seen, and it's called Cloak and Dagger with Dabney Coleman, where he kind of play He goes undercover in this espionage plot, and it's really well done. It's very 80s, but it's actually very serious or, you know, action-filled uh, for being a quote-unquote kids movie. Eventually, he grew up and in, in, was in movies like Legends of the Fall and Gangs of New York, but he will forever be known as Elliot from E.T., what are you going as for Halloween? I'm not going to stupid Halloween. Why don't you go as a goblin? Shut up. It's not that we don't believe you, honey. Well, it was real, I swear! What are you going as, Gert? I'm going as a cowgirl. So, what else is here? Maybe it was an iguana. It was no iguana. Maybe a... a... 
You know how they say there are uh, alligators in the sewers? Alligators in the sewers. All we're trying to say is maybe you just probably imagined it. I couldn't have imagined it. Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A deformed kid. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. It was nothing like that, penis breath! Elliot! <laughs> Sit down. Number seven is Tatum O'Neill. Of course, she is the daughter of Ryan O'Neill, and one of her first starring films was with him in the movie Paper Moon. Now, two or three years later, she would star in the original Bad News Bears, which is a classic, and I highly recommend you watch that instead of the inferior remake. Uh, it, along the lines is Blazing Saddles. The the the, can, the Tanner character probably couldn't get made today, but that's why the original is so much better because it wasn't PC and it's just it's just a better movie. And uh, it also was ahead of its time because you think about it, the the main star, with the exception of Kelly Kelly Leak, who played outfield and hit all the home runs, was Tatum O'Neill, who was a girl. She was the only girl on an all boys team and pretty much an all boys league, and she was dominating. So that was really well done. She also went on a few years. Later to star in Little Darlings with Christy McNichol. She did. She is currently, I think, more acting more in like TV type roles, and so. But you don't see much of her. But just for Bad News Bears and Paper Moon, she definitely had to be on the list. She's also well known for being the the wife of tennis legend John McEnroe. Number six, we mentioned E.T. before, so guess who had to be on the list? It's Drew Barrymore. Now, she was really a young child when she started in E.T. as Gertie, and terrific. She had some of the funniest lines in it. She was just, like, she's darling in it, and uh, really well done the way they got her, and she meshed well with, of course, Henry Thomas and the other children. Uh, a few years later, she starred in Firestarter, which is a Stephen King movie. She was in another Stephen King's, King movie called The Cat's Eye. The underrated movie that actually uh, Metal Mike and I talk a, a little bit about is Irreconcilable Differences with Ryan O'Neill, uh, where she decides to take her parents to court to essentially divorce her parents. So really well done. But as a child, she will forever be known as Gertie and E.T., but she was one of the few, I would say, even though she's not on the list, Elizabeth Taylor, probably the most successful child actor that went on to really... Uh, bigger and better things. You could think of Christian Bale as well, but I would say Drew Barrymore and Elizabeth Taylor are probably the best child actors that had the most famous career after they were popular child actors. Number five is Peter Billingsley. Of course, famously played Ralphie in A Christmas Story. He was in other movies, which I will talk about later, but well, what a perfect Ralphie. He'll forever be known as Ralphie. Now, he's gone on as an adult to work in the industry, whether it be producing or directing or writing, and um, he's having a very successful career, but he, it must be tough for these guys because you're forever, uh, in his case, viewed as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, however old Ralphie was at the time, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's like a snapshot in time, and, and people watch it, and it's beloved. And it's almost you forget they do grow up. <laughs> so, uh, but A Christmas Story is an absolute classic. I adore it. Um, he was also in a movie called The Dirt Bike Kid. Not so great, but I enjoyed it as a kid, and I still kind of enjoy it now. Uh, he was in a movie called Ruskies, which was, of course, during the height of the Cold War, where um, a Russian refugee they find a group of kids. Actually, Joaquin Phoenix was in, in the movie as well with him. And Beverly Hills Bratz with Burt Young, not great, saw it on Netflix, but I had to mention he was in other movies besides A Christmas Story. Number four, and here's another Disney stalwart, and that is Haley Mills. She, of course, was in the same generation as Tommy Kirk, but she was in very, very famous and timeless movies like Pollyanna, the original Parent Trap, and That Darn Cat. Now, she eventually went on to be the main teacher in... 
uh, Armis, was it Armis Bliss or something like Miss Bliss, which was the original Saved by the Bell. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they called it. It was something with Miss Bliss. That was the name of her, her character. Uh, she They did like, I think, 10 episodes, maybe 15 episodes of that. And then it turned into what everyone remembers as Saved by the Bell. But her iconic roles are when she was a kid. And those three movies I mentioned are all classics and all still hold up really well today. Number three, and this could actually be number one on a lot of lists just for a few movies, but it's Macaulay Culkin. Uh, of course, Home Alone 1 and 2, uh, Christmas classics, and, and tremendous for a kid his age. Also, Uncle Buck, where he plays, he's great in Uncle Buck as, as the kid, and John Candy's in that movie. And then the sad movies in My Girl, and so he do, he doesn't survive that one, unfortunately. But if you, spoiler alert, sorry. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's still a fun movie to see, uh, but it is sad in a way. Uh, but yeah, he he is another actor that, you know, he made so much money doing, uh, you know, all these movies when he was a kid. He, I don't think he really needs to work anymore. He is famously was in a relationship with Mila Kunis, who eventually went on to marry Ashton Kutcher. Uh, but he will forever be, and it's tough for him because he kind of grew up and he's, you know, forever known as being a, a little kid. And I, again, we mentioned this before, it must be tough for them to always have to deal with that. But again, when you're in Timeless Classics... That's the price you pay. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? I don't have one. How come? I don't need one. Where's your wife? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? It's an even longer story. Are you my dad's brother? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. I'm your dad's brother, all right. You have much more hair in your nose than my dad. How nice of you to notice. I'm a kid. That's my job. Number two, and we should actually call it 2A and 2B or... They're just equal, and it has to be the Corys, and that's, of course, Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, because they kind of do go hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, I don't know which one I like better. They were both great on their own, and, you know, Corey Feldman was probably in more movies uh, than Corey Haim was, but you have The Goonies he was in, Stand By Me, Gremlins, The Burbs, Friday the 13th, the fourth chapter, which was supposed to be the last Friday the 13th movie in 1984. He was the voice of the young dog in The Fox and the Hound. So, yeah, he was in a ton of classic movies. Corey Haim, uh, no slouch either. He was in Lucas, which is a great movie with Winona Ryder and Charlie Sheen. He was the son of Sally Field in Murphy's Romance. He was in a werewolf movie called Silver Bullet. And then he's also the brother, I believe, of... Lori Laughlin in Secret of Meyer. I could be wrong. Maybe he's the brother of John Travolta's wife, Kelly Preston. Yes, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I love how we sound all this out. In any case, the Corys together were in three great movies. License to Drive being my favorite. The Lost Boys was just tremendous. And Dream a Little Dream. So the Corys had to be linked together. Number one, and I don't even think it's a contest. When you think of child actors, only one should come to mind... And she is by far the greatest child actor of all time, and that's Shirley Temple. Anytime you have a, a drink named after you, <laughs> yeah, you're you're a legend. And it's amazing what she accomplished, how good she was. And I think she was like six years old. I mean, she is perfect as a child actor. I mean, she could sing, she could dance, she was incredibly cute. You just couldn't, I don't think anyone is matched what she did at such a young age and was in and just became an icon so much so that you know she didn't do anything like acting wise afterwards i mean i think she became an ambassador for the united states 
Um, but yeah, she acted until she was a teenager, and that was it. And but she already made her mark. She was in the original Heidi. She was in the Little Princess, Curly Top. Uh, but I always liked her when she was a teenager in The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer with Cary Grant and Myrna Loy. And if you look back at that film, she kind of looks like Scarlett Johansson, or Scarlett Johansson looks like her. In any case, I don't think there's a contest when it comes to child actors. It's got to be Shirley Temple. Oh, my duck does a wonderful trick. My duck can lay an egg. And just what is so wonderful about that? Well, can you lay an egg? All right, I had a few extras. One is Seth Green. You might forget because Seth Green has continued to act, and he was in Can't Buy Me Love. He's great in Can't Buy Me Love. He's just like a little shit, but he plays uh, Patrick Dempsey's brother. Yeah, the Saturday Night Card Game. Oh, cards with the tarts. Mm. Hey, bro, I'm only kidding. I mean, who could beat a night of cards, chips, dips, and dorks? <laughs> Uh, he was in a Woody Allen movie called Radio Days. He was in a movie with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin called Big Business. He was the kid in My Stepmother is an Alien with Dan Aykroyd and Kim Basinger. Uh, Pump Up the Volume with uh, Christian Slater. And then, of course, when he was a teenager, he went on to star in the TV version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So Seth Green has to be on the list. And one more old-time actress who is actually still acting today. She's in her 80s, and that is Margaret O'Brien. You might remember her as Tootie in Meet Me in St. Louis. She was in Our Vines, Our Vines Have Tender Grapes. And then the 1949 version of Little Women, who I, I think Elizabeth Taylor was in that as well. Uh, so great child actress, and she acted a lot in the 40s. So if you watch TCM, I guarantee you will see Margaret O'Brien. All right, let's get into what everyone else has to say in this week's episode. All right, we're back with Keith. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. All right, for this week, we're going to go and talk about our favorite child actors. And so this should be an interesting one because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of child actors. Some of them ended up being good adult actors, but many didn't. Many just kind of are forever known as being a child actor. So what did you come up with? Uh, I came up with a list, a top five, a couple honorable mentions here and there. So, yeah, I, my picks are all over the place, and exactly, a lot of them were kid actors that went nowhere, and there are some that went on to do more. Um, my first honorable mention, because I don't think I've actually ever seen a movie with this child actor, but <laughs> it's the epitome of child actors, and that would be Shirley Temple. Yeah, absolutely. That's my number one pick. It, it's got to be. I mean, she is legendary. I mean, it's actually too bad for her because it's almost like, you know, you're forever six years old. Yeah, exactly. And and I think everybody knows her as a child actor, but in my case, I've actually don't think I've ever seen any movies with her in it. So it's interesting because she was in a, I think her very last film or one of her last films, she was in a movie with Cary Grant and uh, I think it's The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer and she's a teenager. And uh, it's funny because you look at her as a teenager, she kind of looks like Scarlett Johansson, which is kind of crazy definitely not as made up but you can see the features so uh, okay yeah very interesting and my other honorable mention was uh christina ricci great pick great pick she actually turned into a good adult actress as well not not adult adult but <laughs> she grew yeah, up and became, yeah she grew up to be a, a good actress as well yeah exactly i think she she uh for a while there she was definitely like the the go-to goth girl for when they needed that dark brooding character that's like the first person that came to mind it seemed like for casting directors yeah and she's tremendous as wednesday adams oh most definitely i i can watch those movies all the time oh they're super fun uh so my number five this one was uh this brings me back to my childhood and just crying like a baby was uh henry thomas from et oh definitely did you ever see uh, cloak and dagger 
You know what? I, I saw it once and I vaguely remember it. That one's worth returning. There are definitely cheese elements, but after E.T., uh, I was into anything with Henry Thomas and uh, it's also with Dabney Coleman. And okay. it's really, really well done. It still holds up today. Very cool. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, but E.T., I mean, come on. I don't... He is forever Elliot. Oh, he's got to be so tired of that at this point oh, in his I've, life. But yeah. But when he gets his mailbox money, I'm sure it doesn't bother him. Absolutely so. not. Thank you, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, my number four is... Uh, has turned into probably one of the most out there actors, meaning um, kind of loopy and crazy. Kind of was during his childhood too. Was uh, Corey Feldman? Oh, that's a, yes. Ian Wadley has a great story about uh, seeing him live doing music uh, not too long ago, and he's like, "Jesus Christ, I spent twenty dollars on this." <laughs> so even better off just showing uh, old uh, showing Goonies or something. He was playing at a. Uh, a place that uh, wasn't too far from where I work on one night. And I was like, I could go if so easily I could go. I'm like, but do I want to waste $20 so I can laugh that hard? Oh, I know. And, and with all this stuff where he's saying people are trying to kill him and, and yeah, he's kind of gone off the boat. And, and I wonder how much of this, the backstory that he's told of, you know, his upbringing in the industry is true. If that's what has made him just kind of go over the edge at this point. Yeah. You just don't know. Cause some people just kind of, kind of nutty, but, um, you can't deny the work he did when he was a, a kid actor. Cause he was in oh, some really good movies. Stand by me to Goonies yep. to lost boys. I oh. mean, you can't, he was great in those. I love license to drive too. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it, would, good. it was him him and Corey Haim and was Heather Graham, right? Yeah, and Heather Graham's first movie. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff. Speaking of first movies, my number three, this is probably going to be one that didn't make anybody's list, mm -hmm. but uh, it's Raquel Castro from Jersey Girl. Oh, good. Kevin that's a good Smith's movies. That's an underrated movie. Thank you. Finally, somebody else that likes that movie. I yeah, I mean I'm I'm a pretty big Kevin Smith fan, and uh, but no, it's 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 well done. I, I was definitely I definitely enjoyed it. I loved it. It was one of those you know after seeing the the kind of the way he was going, he kind of did the Clerks and the Mall Rats, and then when he did Chasing Amy, you're like okay, he does have this kind of serious side to him. And then he went to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which was just over the top with some of the crude humor. To go back to the Jersey Girl thing, I think the thing that overshadowed that whole movie was him, was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez dating and whatnot at that time. That's right. If they weren't, I think that movie would have been a lot more received in a different way. Yeah, I totally agree. The hype kind of ruined what was actually a very good movie. Yeah, and, and I think she did a great job. Just the bond that, that they seemed to have in that movie almost seemed real, so I thought that was done really well. You could have picked J-Lo as your musician turned actor. No, <laughs> no, not because of the music. I'm not a fan of the music, but I don't think I can. How can I put this? Uh, what's the the movie where oh, the she's one? the wedding planner? Oh, That's yeah, it. yeah. When when I was still living at home, my sister was watching that nonstop all the time on cable. <laughs> and I woke up one morning and I started watching something else and she came out of her room and of course it was on like one of the channels all the time and she went to go switch to it. I'm like, no, they, they, I, we called the cable company and told them not to play the movie anymore. <laughs> At that point, my sister was so gullible. She believed me. Ah, that's great. <laughs> so I, I hated the movie. So no, she would never, never made the musicians turned actors list. Did you ever see out of sight with her and George Clooney? 
Yeah, that she wasn't bad at. Yeah, exactly. I think that, but she doesn't have to carry the film either. So no, exactly. I mean, that, I can't think of a movie where I, where when she was the main focus that I wanted to watch all the way through. So actually, you almost said made. I think she was made in Manhattan too, right? Uh, yeah, don't sure. worry about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Sure, I'll, I'll go with your your uh, expertise on that. One. Moving right along. Yeah, moving right along. My number two is, uh, I think he's going to be forever stuck being known as uh, Harry Potter. That would be Daniel Radcliffe. Good point. Yes, definitely true. I know that him and Emma Watson and they, they've all kind of branched out to different things, but he embodied that character so well. I wasn't a huge fan of the books or the movies, but my wife turned me on to him to the point where we both would sit there and like have marathons of watching them. So I would go back and then read the books and like, wow, he really was able to kind of turn that character into what you envisioned in your head. Speaking of Emma Watson, have, did you ever see Perks of Being a Wallflower? No. That is a good movie. There's there's kind of like a dark dramedy, um, kind of very in the vein of, of, of John Hughes, um, but it's a high school movie and it, it's very, it, it's well done. So if, if you like okay. Emma Watson, that, that's a good one to check out. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but having a four-year-old daughter, I've seen the live-action Beauty and the Beast numerous times with her in it. So. <laughs> I bet, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, my number one is my go-to at Christmas time, and that would be Macaulay Culkin. Absolutely, Home Alone. That's a, I even like the second one, even though it does rehash um, you know, a lot of the first stuff. But no, Macaulay Culkin. I mean, him and Uncle Buck is great, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, he, he just, again... Was it Kevin Arnold? No, not Kevin Arnold. Kevin, what's the Fred family Savage? name? Fred Savage. Oh, yeah. What was the what was the family? He was name. His name was Kevin. What was the family name? Oh, um, I don't remember. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I don't. Re- it's McAllister. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, those are such fun movies, and uh, yeah, I, he's he's a great child actor. I even and he's good in My Girl too, even though it's a sad movie. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So great picks. And, uh, yeah, those, those are really well done. Do you have any other honorable mentions or those are pretty much it? No, that's all I had. But yeah, I, I thought the, the, the Raquel Castro would throw everybody for a curve. So. No, but that's good. Cause we like, uh, we like the ones where they're not totally obvious, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, Keith. Anytime. Thank you, Brian. All right. We're back with DJ metal. Mike, welcome back. Hey brother. Thanks for having me on. It is truly an honor. Awesome, and and you got your nephew Kane with you. Yes, we do, man. How you yeah. doing, Kane? I'm doing good, man. Ready cool. to talk about movies? Cool, Let's great, great to have you guys back on. And of course, you got to listen to that metal station. Metal Mike's on every Tuesday from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern, and every Friday from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. And then DJ Kane also has his own shows. Uh, one on Sunday from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern, and then Thursday from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time as well. So you guys are full of knowledge. You guys are used to doing this stuff. And today we're going to talk about your favorite child actors. So let's just get right into it. Number one for me, hands down, has got to be Jodie Foster. Ah, By far, my favorite child actress. uh, I mean, we all know, you know, obviously went on to much bigger and better things. Uh, But I figure since the focus of this particular episode is child actors, actresses, I'm going to list my favorite roles that she did as a kid. Cool. And for for me, the most obvious one, of course, is her role as a child prostitute, Iris, in the movie Taxi Driver. Absolutely. Of course, we all know Robert De Niro, directed by Martin Scorsese. Classic, classic film. 
Um, Freaky Friday, the original Freaky Friday. Love that movie. Boys and Girls. Um, Bugsy Malone, one of my all-time favorite movies as a little kid. My dad took me to the movies to see that. And I don't. Have you ever seen that movie, Brian? Are you familiar with it? I saw it on TV years ago, but I need to revisit it. Are you familiar with it, Kane? No. It's a musical, right? With a, and it's all child actors, and it's like set during the Prohibition era. Mm-hmm. But they're shooting each other, but it's with these huge guns that shoot cream pies. <laughs> it is so hilarious. And then you got and Paul Williams who I love to death, did the score. So you got all these cool songs. It's got Scott Bayo in it. Um, it's a really cute movie. I like it a lot. Cool. Especially as a little kid, man. I was at the right age. Uh, Tom Sawyer, the musical. I don't think it's really aged well, but as a little kid, I did really like it. Uh, and interestingly to me, the last movie that she did before she went on hiatus uh, to concentrate on college was Foxes, which was released yes. in 1980. Uh, and here's an interesting fact, though, to wait for you, Brian. You might know this. Uh, there has a cameo appearance by the band Angel. I was just about to say that. Film, yes. <laughs> because her character's father is the band's tour manager. That I didn't know. I knew Angel was in the movie, but I didn't know that. Yeah, and what's interesting about that film is that was right before, because to me, Jodie's definitely had different phases in her career. There's child actress Jodie, and then she went away to school. We didn't see her for a while. Yep. And then she came back with a vengeance with movies like, you know, The Accused, yeah. and, you know, of course, Stealing Home, which I really like. That's yeah. a cute and uh, of course silence of the lambs that's right which made her really but one of my favorite films that she did as a kid and it was one of the ones that she was the star in i don't know if you've ever seen it man but i highly recommend it the little girl who lives down the lane oh, you familiar yeah. with this no i've never heard of it oh dude it's such a cool movie and i saw it at a young age and basically what it's about is it's about a little girl she's 13 14 years old and she lives alone I don't want to give too much of the movie away, but basically uh, her father died and she had an abusive mom and the dad was trying to protect her from the mom. Mm -hmm. So he basically arranged it to where she would be on her own. She had the house. She had all her needs taken care of. Dad's dead and she lives alone. This is 1976, bro. Mm. So you got people like snooping around and stuff. And then there's Martin Sheen who plays this creepy fucking pedophile guy. It's it's a good movie, dude. It's it's She does a lot of questionable things in this movie, but you're kind of on her side the whole time. But from what I understand, her her the character's name is Ren Jacobs, you know, and she like I said she's 13, 14 years old. Uh, wise beyond her years. It's kind of like a suspense film with, you know, some people classify it as a horror film. I don't, but I think it's a movie that Hitchcock might have made. I dig it, man. So I definitely recommend it. So anybody out there, check it out. Cool. Anthony Michael Hall, baby. Absolutely. I mean, come on again, and for this body of work alone: National Lampoon's Vacation, Sixteen Candles, The Breakfast Club, and Weird Science. Yes. I mean, enough said. You That's know what right. I mean? Seriously. And we'll just skip over Johnny Be Good. Yeah, yeah. that's why I didn't mention it, buddy. <laughs> I, uh, I do kind of like it's a guilty pleasure. I don't necessarily like it, but if it's on, I'll watch it. So yeah, yeah. The um, other one, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. For one reason alone, I thought her performance as Claudia in Interview with a Vampire was outstanding. Oh, I agree. I read the book as a kid or younger guy, I should say, and I I thought she nailed it. Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know Adam's what? That's family. one that's not on my list, King. Good job. Yeah, Adam's family. 
Yeah, she was in a lot of... Did you guys ever see Mermaids with her and Cher and Winona Ryder? Yeah, great movie. Oh, great movie, man. And then, of course, she played Wednesday in the Addams Family movies. uh, I mean, Christina's been around for a long time, man. I I don't know what she's doing with her new work, man. She's she's doing a lot of bad stinkers, man. Well, the last time I heard she's on an Amazon show. Oh, really? Uh, Something that's either... Involved, it's either about F. Scott Fitzgerald or with this this um, uh, mortician like, convinced her that she was dead. Oh, that movie's crazy. <laughs> that movie is stupid. Yeah, yeah, I forget. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, the series she's doing it's it's about F. Scott Fitzgerald, I think, or okay. it's a story that he wrote, and she's on that. So you know, she's still working. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kirsten Dunst also she did Jumanji and a lot of other films, and and as an adult, I think she's done a tremendous job, you know, in TV and film. So uh, yeah, I I love Kirsten Dunst. Cool. My Good number pick. four, Good Haley pick. Joel Osment. Absolutely. I mean, just for his performances in The Sixth Sense alone. Yeah. He was amazing in that. But I also think he did a great job at AI, even though I got to say that film way too long. Oh, yeah. You know, a while back you asked me about movies that were way too long. That one was way too long. Yes. Man. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. And I loved him in Secondhand Lions as well. Oh, a great pick. That's a great. That's an underrated movie. Very underrated. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, anybody else you want to bounce off of, dude? Or anything? Uh, <sighs> Macaulay Culkin has to be on the list. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, uh, I mean. Shirley Temple. Uh, I loved watching her movies when I was a kid. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I have a lot of those down as, as honorable mentions, only because to me they were the obvious answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. Well, so, for me, uh, Shirley Temple's got to be number one. I mean, she is like the most iconic child actor of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, and it's a shame that she didn't get more work as an adult because one of my favorite movies ever is one where she wasn't a little kid. She was about 16, maybe even 18 years old. And uh, it was kind of shocking, though, because I was so used to seeing the little showy temple. And then you got this Shirley Temple who's like fully grown and looking pretty hot. You know what I mean? Is that uh, The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer? Yes. Yeah, with Cary Grant. Bachelor in the Bobby Sox is just a great film. It you is. got Cary Grant, who's hilarious. Myrna Loy, yep. another beautiful woman, and she was funny. Yep. Rudy Valley is his rival, and I love the one part where he, he, he starts messing with him and telling him that he's in love with Susan, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was something she said or the way her hair looked. And he's like, my God, she's just a child. She's not even 18. She's only 17. <laughs> But she'll be 18 soon. Yeah. And we'll have our chance at happiness. And, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's pretty risky stuff for back in the day. Yeah. You know, well, uh, that's a good movie. Well, that's so. the thing about older movies. Things that would probably be considered creepy now just seem more innocent back then, you know? Yeah. Another one I had was River Phoenix. Yeah. Because he did a lot of films, died tragically at a young age, of course, you know. Um, we had Explorer, Stand By Me, which I thought he was fantastic in. Mm-hmm. Uh, running on empty, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, Sneakers. Every one of those movies are all good movies. They're all damn good movies. Um, I thought River was. It's a shame that he died because it would have been interesting to see what he would have went on to do. Absolutely, my what definitely Explorers is one of my favorites. A lot of people haven't seen that. And Little Nikita with him and Sidney yeah, Portier. Yeah, really good. Portier, that's a good one too. Yeah. Uh, my next one is a uh, Drew Barrymore, and again, I'm going to focus on movies that she did as a kid. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't not realize this, but she was an altered state. She played William Hurt's uh, daughter. Um, of course, E.T. Hello. Yep. Firestarter, which is funny. I liked it as a kid, but man, that movie has not aged well. No, it does not hold up as well. 
And uh, but one of my, I think her best performances as a kid, hands down, irreconcilable yes. differences. Ryan O'Neill and Shelley Long. Yes. I mean, what a tremendous film! I actually showed that movie a while back to Kane. Yeah, and it 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 was just like because to me it was just like. Again, kind of like Kramer versus Kramer. You know, that's another thing, man. When we did courtroom dramas, we could have threw that in there. I just thought of that because you know she takes her parents to court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She literally divorces from them. It's like I don't want to live with you guys. Yeah, I can't take your crazy shit. Yeah, I think people Such totally forget. Film. Yeah, that people forget about that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and of course, we all know she went on to do bigger and better things sure. as well. But she had a little bit of a hiatus, too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's kind of done that. Like, she'll be on for a while, and then she'll take some time off, and then she'll, you know... Uh, right now, she's doing that Netflix series. Another one, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, Labyrinth. Done a lot of great movies, a lot of different accolades, but the ones I'm focusing on is, of course, obviously, Time in America. Yep. Uh, which is an absolute classic. Uh, Sergio Leone's masterpiece on Prohibition-era America. You got uh, Labyrinth. Yeah, Seven Minutes in Heaven. And, of course, Labyrinth, beyond classic film. I don't know anybody from a certain age demographic from probably my age to later that didn't love that movie. Yeah, I, and uh, did you ever see uh, Career Opportunities? Yes, I did. That's kind of an underrated, cute little comedy, you know? You know, and you could put that in workplace movies, too. Sure, absolutely. After that, I threw in Winona Ryder for three reasons. Lucas, Beetlejuice, and Heathers. Yeah, oh, gotta be. I mean, and of course, you know, she did Mermaids, and she's done a lot of uh, a lot of damn good movies, man. And then, of course, my number nine, Linda Blair, of course, just for The Exorcist alone. Yes, totally. I mean, uh, uh, but I think uh, Linda is a much better actress than people give her credit for, you know. I mean, she was she was one that would do different kind of roles. Um, so, yeah, I gotta give Linda uh, Blair. And my number ten would be Corey Haim for... And, and all these movies were winners. Now, he wasn't the full star on them, but he was in them. You had Firstborn, Secret Admirer, Silver Bullet, Murphy's Romance, Lucas, The Lost Boys, License to Drive. I mean, that was just like a bam, 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 bam. Yeah. That kid was on a roll, man. And uh, shame what happened to him. It, it is. It is. And there's some great movies in there. One of my parents' favorite is Murphy's Romance with James Garner and Sally oh, Field. My mom and dad love that movie. I like that movie. Yeah, it's man. a great I, movie. On. And, How and, could you not love James Garner? Oh, in that film? He, he was hilarious. He, if you like James Garner, I mean, that he was like the inspiration, I think, for Magnum PI. Tom, there's a lot of uh, James Garner and Tom Selleck, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I love James Garner, and uh, my favorite part of that movie is where her ex is like kind of messing with him, and he's like, "Well, you guys sure talk a lot, don't you, Dad?" And he's like, "Oh, we exchange a few words, son." You know, yeah. they keep going back and forth, and then you know, he confronts him over Sally and. Finally, you know, he's like, well, I'm not going to take this up with you. Well, I'm taking it up with you. And I just love where he goes, you know, you really are a miserable little son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. You know? I don't know why she took you in. I bet you down there. I'll tell you something else, mister. You're about to get your ass kicked from here to the state line, and I'm wearing the boots that can do it. And he's like, you're a feisty old fart. And he's like, I thought we already discussed that. I'm like, only James Garner. There are certain guys like James Garner could get away with that. Well, that, you know, he, you know it's, it takes a certain subtlety to be a nice guy that everyone likes, but then a guy that could also kick your ass. And he's one of them, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Like the Rockford Files. Right. Yeah. yeah, you hit the nail right on the head, man. He's one of those cool dudes that, you know... Uh, he's just a really nice guy, but you don't want to piss him off. That's right. That's right. Both mentions yeah. were Shirley Temple, yep. Roddy McDowell, Elizabeth Taylor, Jackie Coogan. Yep. Uh, 
Um, all the old school ones are great, but there's newer ones too, like Christian Bale. Yeah. The Harry Potter kids were pretty cool. Josh Brolin. But I only feel like he, I don't know if he really counts because he really technically only did one movie as a kid. Yeah, and he was and a teenager. Was yeah, and uh, then he was in uh, Thrashing, the skateboard uh, movie. But yeah, I mean, not, he didn't do a, a ton as a kid. No, and then we got um, Sean Astin. Yep. Uh, his mom, Patty Duke, was awesome in The Miracle Worker as yeah. well. She's a child actress. And then, of course, Elijah Wood. So Absolutely. that's the end of my list, man. Yeah, tremendous. Well, guys, as ma- amazing as always. And definitely check out their shows. And we'll have you on again soon. Thanks for having us on, Brian. All right. Keep rocking. Stay metal. Okay, we're back with Rachel. Welcome back. Hello. So for this week, we're going to talk about our favorite child actors. Now, uh, eventually they all become adults, we hope, but um, they don't necessarily have to become adults in their acting career. We, we're just going to talk about their career when they were kids. So that will kind of narrow it down because sometimes you might like an actor or actress when they become older, um, but you might not necessarily like their early material. So we'll find out how you go on this route. So Okay. Yeah. Who did you pick? Um, so the note that I wrote for myself just says in all caps lock, all of the 90s kids. <laughs> That's not vague at all. Um, <laughs> well, because, and I think the ones that I picked specifically from that group were, uh, I love the cast of Harry Potter. Okay. Um, yeah. I think as children, a lot of them were not actually great actors, mm. but it was very endearing. Okay. Um, and they're around my age. They're only a couple. So like specifically, who, who don't Daniel you? Daniel Radcliffe. I love Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. I think he's super good, talented, and I think he's really funny. Mm-hmm. There, his episode of Inside the Actors Studio is one of my favorites. Mm. And I remember watching it with my mom, and I was like in high school or something when this was when this happened. And she turned to me and she goes, you know, I could see you dating someone like ah. I'm like, yeah, okay, let me just call up Daniel Radcliffe and I'm, see what happens. Yeah, you never know. Um, and if he's listening, you know. Yeah, <laughs> give me a call. Now you know. Um, <laughs> neither of us are single. Yeah, we'll, but it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll work something. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> yikes. <laughs> but, I can do editing, Rachel. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, keep that in. Okay, like good. It. good. It's, it's spicy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anything to get more listeners. That's yeah. right. Um, but also, I wanted to talk more about Amanda Bynes. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> now or then. Yeah. yeah uh, no. Well, that's the thing. So she just had like this big interview uh, cover story. And I read it, and it made me so happy. Like, I'm so... She, I just want her to be happy <laughs> and successful. Um, I really loved her as a kid because I watched all that and I watched her show. And mm-hmm. then I loved um, What a Girl Wants and Agent Cody Banks. Yeah. And, or no, that was Hilary Duff. But she was in, I don't remember. I do remember she was older, but she was in Easy A. Yeah. She, yeah. She's yeah. really funny in that. Yeah. No, I'm not Agent Cody Banks. Uh, Big Fat Liar mm. was the other Frankie Muniz movie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, Another good child actor. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> really sad about him. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I thought Amanda Bynes was so funny, and I also really loved She's the Man. That was one of my mm. favorite movies when I was like in middle school, high school, I guess, middle mm. school, I guess, because I played soccer. Yeah. And so, and uh, and I think she's just she has like really as a, I wa- I go back and watch her as a kid now, and she has like really smart comedic timing mm-hmm. as a child, and they actually talk about that in her. Um, the interview paper yeah. magazine okay. it was paper magazine interview that was it's so easy for a lot to like think about all these people who are child actors and then who kind of go off the rails a little bit yeah and to sort of make a judgment call about it but you know that stuff is hard it's hard to be in the public spotlight especially in your adolescence and stuff and and I think that that interview did a really good job of kind of reminding people that she's like a human 
person who like has very legitimate struggles and she contextualizes a lot of the stuff that went on with her uh, from her own perspective rather yeah. than all the like tabloid speculation right. and stuff, which was really moving to read. But she's just, I really, I have always really loved her mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm glad that she's doing well. Yeah, it's really, we can only imagine how difficult it is. I mean, granted, they this is something, this is the career path they choose, but they don't have to have their life, <laughs> you know, ruined or put under extra scrutiny more than it oh, already yeah. has to be. Yeah. So, and especially yeah. to be like a child, yeah, and to be exactly. like a, a girl too. So yeah. there's extra pressure there. And, sure. And it's one of the things that she talks about in that interview was how uh, she sort of basically takes credit for launching Channing Tatum's career. Oh, really? Because she saw him, because uh, he was her co-star and she's the man. Okay. And she saw him in some commercial or in something or whatever and was like, this guy's going to be a star. Mm. Like, really wanted him to be in the movie and stuff. So that was cute. So she's definitely on the list. Mm -hmm. Okay, what are your other ones? Uh, who else did I write down? Oh, and then I thought about people who are currently children. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And my favorite child actor right now it does a little bit less acting than she used to, and she was primarily known for a TV role, but it, her name is Rowan Blanchard. That sounds familiar. She yeah. played the main character in Girl Meets World, which is the okay. Boy Meets World sequel spin-off spin -off okay. sort of thing. Uh -huh. um, and I really like her... Not, I mean, not necessarily. I don't want to say I dislike her as an actor, but I, what I really like about her is her, just her as a human, as a person. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she's she's like seventeen or something uh -huh. right now. But I've been, you know, I watched Girl Meets World because I thought it was really sweet, and I'm a sucker for Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. So then I started like looking up the cast and getting like seeing what the deal with all these kids were, and she <laughs> she. So now I know who she is. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think she's been in a movie or two. So she was in, in um, the Oprah movie, um, A Wrinkle in Time. That's right. But I know her from the Goldbergs. Oh. So she plays uh, Adam's girlfriend uh -huh. as uh, Jackie. Uh, <laughs> and she's she's a fun character. Yeah. yeah. But she's just such a cool human. Like, yeah. she's almost a decade younger than me, and mm -hmm. I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> she's just so cool. <laughs> Which That's is, a nice way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I she's really outspoken on a lot of social issues that I in, that I agree with her on and she's really um, honest and forthcoming about her like identity and journey and what it's like to be like a teenage girl mm -hmm. in the current landscape of things and has become a really cool person who I wish I I wish I had someone similar to her to look up to when I was 13 14 15 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I really like her so you're rooting for her to have a very Nice, nice career without a lot of drama and, yeah. and tabloid yeah. fodder. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I also love the Stranger Things kids. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. So not just um, uh, Elle and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just Bobby Brown. Yeah, she gets most of the press. Yeah, but yeah. Well, she's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, the other the other kids are really good too. And when they're all together too, like, there was that press there when they went around on the press tour around when season two came out, and then the guys did like a Motown band mm. with. Um, James Corden. Uh -huh. Oh my god, that was so one of the best things I've ever <laughs> seen. It was so cute. It is fun when they do kind of a collaborative, you know, cast when they're when they're young because they will still act like kids. Yeah. Yeah. When you get it to an adult age, it, it changes. Yeah. And like so, a, yeah. an ensemble cast of yeah. kids is something really fun to watch because you see it in the Stranger Things kids. You saw it with uh, Boy Meets World and yeah. Girl Meets World and all these all those shows. Mm -hmm. um, 
Oh, yeah, and when you get them all together, too. So, like, when all the kids were on, I think it was Jimmy Fallon where they did, like, a game mm-hmm. where, like, they had to, they were reading cards and they had to guess who the, who it was. And right. And whoever they think it was, they had to spray them with silly string and stuff. <laughs> and it's just, it was just so sweet to watch, like, kids be kids on TV. Right, because they don't get really a chance to get outside of the cliche-ridden yeah. interviews so they can actually, you know, branch out. Yeah. Yeah, so I like them. Those are good. So... Those are mostly TV. You mostly, I know. So, any well, no, other... Amanda Bynes was in lots no, of TV. No, that is true. I is the, was... the current ones, the, I have a hard time thinking of current child actors because I watch more TV than I watch movies And that's currently. fair, because TV is better than movies at this point. So, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I was trying to think of um, of people... Of, when you are growing up. Yeah. yeah, and all I could think of was, you know, Frankie Muniz, Amanda Bynes, Hilary Duff, yeah. those sorts of Disney... And they kind of crossed over with TV and movies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the new model, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably a better way of doing it now. Probably. Where it used to be, TV was the kiss of death. That was kind of like where you went to wrap up your career. And that's like uh, where you start. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you think of kids at certain TV, like Leave it to Beaver, and those, mm-hmm. and they didn't really have great movie careers. Yeah. So, yeah. Fred Savage. One of the best. Oh, still TV. God damn it. <laughs> but no, he was, in, he was in Princess Bride. That's true. That's um, true. He did one about the early Nintendo Nintendo video game system called The Wizard. Um, he was in a movie, one of the crazy body switch movies with uh, Judge Reinhold. I think it was Vice Versa. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Fred Savage, good pick. That's a good way to end it. Yeah, right in, right in there. The yes. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. All right, we're back with Malin. Welcome back. Thanks, Brian. So we definitely need your help on this one. A lot of the regulars skipped on it. Uh, but we need your favorite actors, uh, child actors, and it doesn't mean they had to grow up to be a terrific adult actor or anything. Actually, I should rephrase that: an actor when they became an adult, not an adult actor. <laughs> but because um, <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> these days, you never know. <laughs> so, right, right, right. Uh, but yeah. So, what is your list for favorite kid actors? Okay, um, so I think I have a list of yeah, for the most part. Actors, uh, child actors who I liked, who actually who grew up and you know they didn't get fucked up by the experience. Or okay. At least I'm not aware of it, or it wasn't in the news, or maybe it was, and I just haven't been paying close enough attention. Sure. Um, <laughs> but so when I was a kid, one of my favorite sick movies. I don't even know if I mentioned it when we did the movies to watch while you're sick uh-huh. episode. But there was this movie. I think it was in like the maybe it was made in the late '80s, or early '90s, called The Lady in White. And it had Lucas Hawes in it. Oh, that sounds familiar. And, yeah, I used to love to watch that movie. It's not that it's like a great movie or anything, but it's definitely kind of like fun to watch for me when I'm sick. Um, and it's about this, uh, Lucas Hawes plays this kid who um, goes to school on Halloween and uh, gets locked into uh, the coat closet. Um, and anyway, that as un- unlikely and unrealistic as it sounds, I mean, it's a ghost story and a mystery. Um, he witnesses uh, a murder that happened in the past. Um, and then the rest of the movie is him finding out what happened to who and who did it. So it's kind of a ghost story. It's a kid adventure movie. It's a mystery. This is one of the few movies from the 80s that I missed because this came out in 88 and uh, I've seen a ton of 80s movies so I'm gonna have to check this out. The one that I think I saw him in even before this was uh, Witness with uh, Harrison Ford where it's uh, on the Amish. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was great. You know, it's uh, I guess um, he's still acting and I see him every once in a while in small roles but in big movies yeah which is you know 
um, which is fine for me. I'm like, awesome. You know, it's like, I, I guess, you know, gotta love the underdogs, right? Yeah, and he still um, he still looks the same. Uh, I guess he was in his Inception. He was in First Man that just came out, The Revenant. So, Mars Attacks. Yeah, so, yeah. like, every, every once in a while, I'll go to a movie, and he'll just, like, pop up out of nowhere. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm always happy, you know. I, as you said, they didn't get bogged down by being an adult uh, after being a child actor. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope not. I don't know anything about his, like, private life or anything. No. But, yeah, like you say, he kind of looks... Pretty much the same. It just looks like somebody took him and stretched him upward. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so my next one. Um, here's one you might know. Bill Mooney. That sounds familiar. So Bill Mooney, I know him from Twilight uh, Zone episodes. He was also the kid in Lost in Space. So you know, uh, oh, okay. is, uh, he's television. Um, I, th- I think he's better known for television, but he was in everything. He was like the 1950 or no, let me think. He was like the child actor, the boy child actor of like the 1960s. Mm. Like that's what I want to think. He was just like every wholesome American boy. It was Bill Mooney. Um, and he was in like lots of Twilight Zone stuff. So I can't think of any movies that he's been in. I know he was, he had a cameo in the twilight zone movie uh in the 80s okay um but i don't remember really seeing him in any movies so maybe this is a bit of a cheat but as far as you said child actors i know this is about no i I wasn't specific but yeah that's true well it's a podcast about movies so that's okay i I know what i know what the rules are Um, (laughs) rachel rachel kind of stretched it too because she went for some like you know tv actors too but they did like amanda Bynes, but she did act in movies as well Add a girl, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> um, break the rules. <laughs> so, um, okay, so Bill Mooney, he's been in tons of stuff. If uh, if anybody out there doesn't know the name, maybe I can just uh, just throw it out there. And uh, next time you're watching, like, Twilight Zone and there's this, like, wholesome American kid or Perry Mason or Lost in Space or anything almost from the 60s, you'll you'll see him. You'll, you'll, you'll know. You'll, you'll hopefully remember that I mentioned him cool um another one ron howard yes definitely but again i know him um from andy uh, griffith Griffith yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i know uh so i I grew up with him on the andy griffith show but he was in a bunch of stuff even like um uh, american graffiti yeah that's the one i'm trying to think of the name of it but um so yeah, I knew him from his child acting days. I, I mean, also, now he's a fantastic. Director. I also seem to remember he he was I he played a little boy and I I want to say he was James Garner's son in a movie maybe a long time ago. I'd have to look it up. I saw it on TCM. I mean now he's more famous for being a director than anything. But uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I want to say he was in a movie with James Garner where he plays uh, James Garner's like a single dad and James Garner's trying to date. And he just plays this cute little redheaded kid. The uh, courtship of Eddie's father, and uh, it's Glenn Ford. Sorry, it's Glenn Ford, not James Gardner. And uh, okay. and Glenn Ford has a thing for Shirley Jones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's credited as Ronnie Howard at the time. So there you go. That's a good one to check out. That's kind of a fun nineteen early nineteen sixties film. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, we got that sorted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a lot of editing on that one. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, so I've got three more. Uh, Natalie Portman. Definitely. Um, the professional, though. Leon. That's exactly what I'm thinking yeah. of. Like, she carries that film. And it's funny because she's she's up against, she's got Gary Oldman in it, but, I mean, that film wouldn't work 
without uh, an actor in that role performing at what we would usually expect to be the caliber of a fully professional, matured uh, adult actor. And she just nails it. Oh, absolutely agree. Um, that Yeah, you, you totally nailed it. And I think... After that, didn't she? I don't know if she was in much because she ended up going to college. Like she was in an Ivy League school, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, she was quiet for a while, and then she came back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and she's fantastic. I, I love a lot of the stuff that she's been in since then. I think she, uh, Black Swan is one of um, one of my favorite films as well. That I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've mentioned. Um, in our chats, but I love that movie. I yeah. have a weird love-hate relationship with uh, the ballet that it's based on, uh, Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's one of the more interesting takes on that ballet for me. Um, uh, she's amazing in that film. Oh, I agree. Um, it, it, it's a weird film, but she's terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Anna Paquin, who was in yeah. the piano and has gone on to do stuff. I remember seeing the piano uh, when it first came out, and just being absolutely blown away by the movie, completely floored by Anna Paquin. Couldn't, I just couldn't believe how amazing that performance was. Uh, the, I, I guess at the time that I saw it, I didn't think that a, a kid was capable of that much like emotional control, even though that character kind of goes out of control towards the end. Um, but it's really really amazing yes and then I, I i remember her probably the first time i saw her was almost famous and she was probably more like a, a late teenager maybe 19 where she's like one of the the band-aids or one of the groupies with um, mm-hmm. um goldie hahn's daughter now for her i don't i don't know that i've seen much with her as uh i don't think i've seen much with her outside of the piano i've seen like an episode or two of True Blood, but that's a TV show I couldn't get into. The X Men movies. That's right. Yeah. But she didn't really stand out. I mean, now that you mention it, like uh, I, I can see her in a. But she didn't. I guess she didn't really stand out that much to me. Yeah, but she's mostly um, a, a television actress now. Hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check her out again. But yeah, but uh, Anna Paquin on the piano, I thought was amazing. Yeah, good call. <laughs> Last one I'm going to throw out there is just Shirley MacLaine and the Trouble with Harry. I think maybe <laughs> that's kind of edge of edge of child actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she, old she was in that, but she gets a lot of. I, maybe that doesn't count. <laughs> you can just throw her out there anyway because she's brilliant and she deserves yeah, all the seven. praise. Yes, definitely. You can't take it back now. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's like the birds, you know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, man. Okay, cool. Okay. Okay, we're back with another episode with our good buddy, Dane. Welcome back. Thanks so, for having me. So you had the great idea a couple weeks ago of um, talking about movie poster taglines, and it was a really great uh, idea. And so what we're going to try to do is, you're doing all the work here, so I love this, so I don't have to do much work. <laughs> yeah. And you do all the research, and you come up with all these past movie poster taglines. Some of them are funny, some are good, some are terrible. But whatever they are, they're interesting to go through You know how movie poster taglines have evolved over the years. And uh, you have a list of a bunch, and they're going to be in different genres, but mostly from the 80s and 90s. So let's just get right into it. Pick whatever genre you want, and uh, let's have fun. Cool. Yeah, uh, like the last time we talked, these are 80s and 90s, but I think after this uh, installment, I've exhausted that, and we'll move into the 21st century. All right. So yeah, so I'm going to begin with comedy. 
Um, there's a small chance some of these are repeats from last time, but I don't think so. I still have a pretty good uh, memory of, of that talk. So okay. So the first one is uh, Caddyshack, mm-hmm. and the tagline is "The Snobs Against the Slobs," <laughs> and that's absolutely true. Now, Indeed, do you, was, do you uh, happen yeah. to have uh, Caddyshack Two handy? I actually don't have that one. That okay. was later in the '80s, right? Yeah, that was I think '89. Chevy Chase was still in it, and instead of Rodney Dangerfield, they got Jackie Mason. So, oh yeah, yeah. So they they opened the decade with it and then closed it out. Yeah, yeah that might one be the, the slobs versus the slobs. So, oh now it now now both sides are slobs. Exactly. Right? <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, this was a really big deal movie uh, at the time. Uh, this next one uh, now I think it might be I don't know politically problematic somehow, but Tootsie. Oh yeah, yeah. that had uh, Dustin Hoffman, and uh, so the tagline for that one and just, he. He dresses up as a woman and, and poses as a woman for this significant portion of this movie. That's right. Recap. Um, the tagline is, what do you... Boy, I, this is so long, I don't know if it would be called the tagline, but I think it still counts. What do you get when you cross a hopelessly straight starving actor with a dynamite red sequin dress? You get America's hottest new actress. <laughs> and I think her name... I think he went by Dorothy, I think was her name, uh, that he used. Yeah. So it's a good movie. I think it still holds up pretty well. Cause I mean, not only do you have uh, Dustin Hoffman, but you have Bill Murray and Dabney Coleman and, uh, the, the, and actually the, the dad <laughs> that was in Punky Brewster that played Punky Brewster's like adopted father is in it too. Oh, right. He's also in police um, Academy. He was in, uh, he was in that show empty nest after that. He, that's right. And he was also the commandant Lassard in police Academy. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. George Darn somebody. Yeah. He's one of those, uh, yeah, familiar faces, can't place the name type, or he was. I, I, I kind of feel he's probably passed by now. Exactly. So Trading Places is the next one. Okay. And the tagline for this is, they're not just getting rich, they're getting even. <laughs> well, that's <Fairly> true. <laughs> yeah, serviceable, straightforward. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh. That one doesn't need any going over. Uh, it's time for the odd to get even. <laughs> See, that's funny because you look back now, like the term nerd isn't even a derogatory term anymore. It's more like of a ba- badge of honor. Yeah, if anything, uh, in a lot of high schools, if you're some kind of jock meathead, you're going to feel out of place. Exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> Unless you spend you know, the entirety of your time uh, with football people and you're, I don't know, somewhere maybe deep in the heart of America, perhaps. But. Well, well, actually, that's where you could do the remake today. You just you reverse it. The nerds are the ones that are the bullies, you know? Right, yeah. yeah you know, I, I'm not going to deviate much into politics but you know the rise of silicon valley yeah yeah a lot of people aren't feeling that bad for nerds no it's true so uh okay ferris bueller's day off there's two of two for this one okay leisure rules mm-hmm. well two word yep and then one man's struggle to take it easy that's good actually they could have done something as simple as save ferris right that would have been good too <laughs> That's kind of a good point. A, a lot of the things uh, that are like taglines or tagline like that we remember from the movies after the fact were, were not what they put on the poster at the time. Right. That could have gone on like a, a video or something like that. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm, that, that's going to lead me to this next one um, of The Big Lebowski. Mm. Into the 90s. Um, the tagline for that was, her life was in their hands. Now her toe is in the mail. Ah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I like that. When you think about, you know, what's popular as far as phrases from that movie and it isn't that it would be either uh you know the dude abides right uh that's just your opinion comma man or that's just like your opinion something like that i feel like those are or something yeah or something about a rug or anything like you know right yeah right (laughs) let's see okay twins (laughs) with Uh, danny devito oh yeah this one goes better with the 
image of the poster in mind. Okay, uh, it worked on the poster. So if I remember correctly, the uh, poster. Uh, if I remember correctly, the poster is just them standing next to each other, and obviously Schwarzenegger right. towers over him. Yeah, right. Exactly. And uh, the tagline is "Only their mother can tell them apart." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, just, you know, you think twins, and then you say that, and you're like, "Well, yeah, duh." Yeah. But if you see the poster, you know, it makes a lot more sense. And it, it's funny. In fact, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not especially tall in real life. That's like, well, <laughs> but compared to Danny DeVito, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but compared to Danny DeVito, yeah, he looks like uh, you know. Uh, makes Tom uh, Cruise look tall too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the Burbs with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, he's a man of peace in a savage land, ellipses, suburbia. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun movie. It actually holds up. I don't think people are ready. Dark comedies didn't do necessarily well in the 80s. I think that would have been done. That would have been better. It would have done better in the the 90s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little strange with the um, the morbidity of the people living across the street. Right. It, it some, right. You know, like, like, is he dragging body parts in that bag? It just uh, somehow didn't mesh well with something supposed to be funny and, and tom hanks even i think it didn't uh exactly it felt like maybe he shouldn't be doing a dark comedy if anybody's going to be at that time anyway but that's what's funny in the 80s he did predominantly comedies i mean he was doing bachelor party and the man with the one red shoe and dragnet and and the burbs so yeah he was pretty much only known for comedy until maybe philadelphia you know yeah and uh it's funny because big which is very yeah you know, like uh lighthearted, upbeat, makes you smile, mom and pop, or soccer mom, whatever yeah. words were. That had come just before uh, The Burbs. True. So it's somewhat at odds with that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so, okay, here's what problem child. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the tagline. Attila the Hun, Ivan the Terrible, Al Capone, they were all seven ones. <laughs> I remember, that. you know, I remember that, but for that movie, I just remember Gilbert Godfrey the most, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his complete overreaction. Oh, yeah, he's perfect for it. It wasn't an overreaction. He knew his true nature. That was the correct reaction. Ex exactly. Um, yeah, I just remember him farting in his office or something. Yes. Like, oh my god, how can anybody? And yeah, then the second, um, the second one, he he got a female friend. That that was uh, the second <laughs> problem child. <laughs> yeah, they began as enemies, but ended up teaming up. That sounds like a tagline. <laughs> Yeah, that could be. They began as enemies, ended up teaming up. That's right. It have to be worse, but, uh, and I always yeah. thought they should have used the, the ACDC song Problem Child instead of Bad to the Bone. I thought that would have been a better choice, but, you know, that's how it works. Oh, yeah. Well, for what it's worth, uh, I haven't heard of that song you just mentioned. I've heard of Bad to the Bone. And okay. Why they chose it. Yeah, probably. Let's see. Wayne's World. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll hurl. Yeah, that, yeah totally. Yeah. The word hurl was such a... Uh, well-known term they use all the time. Very Dana Carvey. Yeah. Okay, dazed and confused. Yep. See it, bud. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Simple double meaning there. Nice. Matthew McConaughey and his, uh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> cable guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, the tagline is, there's no such thing as free cable. Pretty good, actually. <laughs> that's a good, that is a good one. Right, yeah. I mean, he's got he's going to be your best friend whether you want it or not. That's that, the price. That's right. Okay, I'll do one more uh, one more comedy. Okay, no, two more. A Bug's Life. Oh, uh, which is more child yeah. animate. You know, I'm not going to parse it too much. A Bug's Life, an epic of miniature proportions. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, that was clever. Yeah, something about Mary. Oh, here we go. Love is in the hair. <laughs> <laughs> there, yes, that that's the one where you have to see it to really appreciate that one. Yeah, it's like they anticipated that there'd be a bunch of word of mouth, and so they picked a tagline. Yep, that, you know, kind of comport with that sort of 
marketing strategy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I'll do horror. And a lot of these aren't really pure horror. The site I drew this from kind of, I, it was either overlooked or uh, maybe just reflected the fact that uh, horror movies, when it gets to a very mainstream level, uh, just aren't too popular. But okay. So, horror, Gremlins. Um, the tagline is don't get them wet, keep them out of bright light, and never feed them after midnight. That's pretty much the plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people can remember that somewhat paraphrased. You know? Yeah. Or those three rules, right? Right. Okay, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, yeah, which is one of the main Santa Cruz movies people remember. That and The Lost Boys. Oh, really? I, I didn't know about The Killer Clowns. Yeah. The Lost Boys thing. Yeah. Yep. I remember the Santa Cruz connection there. So the tagline for this is, in space, no one can eat ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> It's actually an underrated low-budget horror movie. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it is. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, when it comes to dark comedy, that's probably what people kind of meant in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. The, the, Burbs, the Burbs was the one that kind of foreshadowed a strange a mishmash of tones that came over in the 90s, right? Yeah, and I think that, like the Burbs, Heathers, there's another one that I think was released a little bit too early. It would have done better uh, a couple years later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, Heathers. Um, and the equally great Gleaming the Cube. From <laughs> of course. With, <laughs> with um, God, Christian Slater, right? Right, yeah. yeah. The skateboard movie. Yep. Um, I uh, it was on Amazon Prime recently, and I started to watch it. And wow, just the low budget just leaps out at you right away. Oh yeah, it's like uh, did you ever see? Did you ever see Thrashing with James Brolin or Josh Brolin? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. <laughs> the best part, the best part about rewatching that is going, oh wow, look how Josh Brolin or look how young he is. Exactly, it's like you remember that. Done you... doing that is kind of like okay, we can turn it off. Yes, exactly. Okay, Gremlins two. Oh, here we go. Uh, here they grow again. <laughs> okay that's fair I, I remember leonard malton having a, a a cameo in that too oh really yeah he, he, I, yeah yeah he, I, he's pretty much playing himself but it was pretty funny but he reviewed it negatively weirdly enough he, i'm just kidding. yeah that yeah exactly i don't i don't recall if he did <laughs> um okay the craft yeah uh, exercise your rights yeah as in yeah. besides the demon yeah exactly <laughs> three words simple to yep. the point um from dusk till dawn. Oh yeah, vampires, no interviews. <laughs> like they're definitely playing at, on the time of interview with a vampire. Right. Yeah. So there had been Bram Stoker's Dracula, yep. like an oh so serious, you know, um, and then interview with the vampire, which was maybe only slightly less serious, but still a pretty serious film. And it comes as kind of comedic action thing and so yeah they're riffing on that we're not like that right it was almost like uh, if i remember correctly, it was like a western vampire movie wasn't it yeah 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 they had, like gone right over the border uh, escaping from police or something and then like yeah there's some kind of brothel bar thing in the middle of nowhere right. suspiciously mm -hmm. okay event horizon i haven't i don't know this one no uh the tagline is Infinite space, infinite terror. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was the movie about? Oh, uh, it's pretty good. Um, it was by no means great at the time, but it developed a somewhat cult status, I think, since. Okay. Uh, best. The uh, first thing to know is that Prodigy was in the soundtrack. Oh, uh, okay. Uh huh. Oh, but um, they were really hot at the time. Flash yeah. in the pants. Yes. Smack my bitch. But the movie is about. It's like a. It's a sci-fi horror about some ship that goes into deep space and they lose contact with it. So, um, some people go out to you know, investigate, see what happened. And it, it turns out the, uh, the ship, they get on board, they find it and there's like no one around and, and you know, it, things are a little funky, don't quite work right. And there's a lot of, you know, mystery to be had. Like what, what, what happened? Where has it been? Uh, it turns out it's been, um, in the kind of sci-fi equivalent of hell. 
Mm. And, uh, what I mean by that is like it actually slipped into subspace or something and um, where all the laws of physics are uh, completely out of whack. And, and from a human perspective, it's like being in, in total hell. Right. Ah. Uh, and then somehow it came back. But, you know, it brought something with it, of course. Um so it's pretty good, actually. Um, I I think it's kind of good. It's I, sort uh, of a that's going middle to my brow, <laughs> smart sci-fi horror. Yeah, very middle, no, lower no, middle brow. I missed it. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, uh, Sam, not Sam Waterston, not Sam Elliott. Sam Neal is in it. Oh yeah, from um, oh what is he in? Jurassic Park. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, in the mouth of madness, to to, to uh, cite him. Yes. Or, so yeah, he kind of brings a. Uh, kind of a posh, classy element to the film, which is otherwise kind of trashy. Mm. Let's see. Okay, here's the next movie. I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh-huh. And uh, this one's good, I guess. Someone is dying for a second chance. So that's that's a fair one. Yeah. Um, it's funny, that movie sounds like it's a sequel to a previous film. But yeah. <laughs> that <was the> first one. <laughs> and the sequel was called I Still Know What You Did. Well, yeah, they didn't get too uh, <laughs> technical with that one. <laughs> We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie Memories. <laughs> I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff. And yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to TeePublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender, you can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to TeePublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for Damn Good Movie Memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the absolute alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbeam. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also says... Science! Science also said... My second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science!